0: Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We
1: are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today on Sense of Soul, we have with us Amanda Merritt. She is an international coach, business mentor for intuitive leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and celebrities. She is also the host of the podcast, The Illuminated Woman. And we are grateful that Amanda is joining us today.
2: Hello Amanda. Hi, how's it going?
1: Good, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Nice to meet you.
2: Nice to meet you too. Hi Mandy. Hello, hello. Nice to meet you. Oh, I love your backgrounds. Thanks. Yeah, where are you at? I live in Manhattan Beach, California, so I'm South Bay of Los Angeles awesome i've actually never been to that beach you Um, gotta go girl it is unlike any other beach it doesn't feel like la here it's really very special yeah the energy is very light Ooh, yeah yeah,
0: because you're right that's not the energy you usually feel like in la no we usually just drive down (laughs) to like malibu
2: yeah my husband
0: works out a thousand oaks so we're there quite a bit and where do you
2: live we're in colorado we're in colorado i have family there
0: Do you? So, um, I just recently moved to Parker, but really it feels like, you know, Aurora is where we're both
2: from. My parents live in Littleton and my brother, sister-in-law and two nephews live in Highlands Ranch. So oh, like right by us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So my parents live there. Yeah. So that's where I'm from Michigan originally, but they all moved out there a few years. Well, my brother's been out there a while, but my parents want to be by the babies. So yeah. they've been out there for like three years now. So that's technically where home is, I guess, now for me. Oh,
0: so. so
2: you're an aunt. Yeah. You're an auntie. I am. I am. Oh, yes. Awesome. Two little boys. So, but yeah, thanks for having me on today. I'm excited to chat. Absolutely.
0: We're excited to have you on too. I was stalking you yesterday. You're beautiful. Oh, thank Um, you. (laughs) Yeah. Enjoyed stalking you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love your website too. I love it. It's great. Just very positive and, and just has a great vibe. Gosh, you're busy, aren't you?
2: Yeah. Productive. We'll say that. <laughs> I try yeah, to take that productive. word out of my language. Why is that? Why do you
0: like using mm-hmm. the word productive?
2: Yeah. Because I think the word busy, if you just keep attracting things in your life to keep you busy, 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 and busy doesn't always mean you're being productive. Sometimes yeah, okay. you're just attracting things to fill up your time, but you're not actually like making things happen. Mm-hmm. So productive to me is like, I'm getting things done and I'm not just busy, you know? I like so, that. hmm
1: Yeah. How often do you podcast?
2: I do a solo cast a week and I have a guest on. So we just continue to batch episodes when it comes up. And like the people I meet, is just very organic. Like a lot of times (laughs) they're friends or clients or something like that. And it just happens organically. So my Um, podcast has been pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, I I saw one that reached out and grabbed me because
0: I think a lot of people struggle with boundaries and it was called, what was it? Like boundaries aren't Yeah. So I loved that. I love that. Boundaries aren't bitchy because I'll be honest, when I first really started to implement boundaries, I realized I was doing it in a bitchy way. I was, especially with my spouse, I was being more abrupt and a little too assertive. And it was looking like detaching versus detaching with
2: love. Yep. Totally. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would love to hear, I think a lot of people struggle with boundaries. Like what advice do you give for people to make it so that they aren't bitchy?
2: Yeah. Well, I think it's all about delivery and communication, right? If we are like, Hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. You're not respecting me. That can come across a little bit rough to people, a little bit harsh and a little bit like you, 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 I try to not say you or have Mm -hmm. people say you to people when they're having a conversation because people can feel attacked. And then the way that they respond after that is not really probably condoning the highest self. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I always like to say like, I need to take some space to do this. Or for example, like in my groups, if people want to reach out to me all the time and like, try to DM me. And that's not the support that I offer in my mastermind or whatever. I kindly say, Hey, I can't wait to support you with this. Remember that supports either in the Facebook community or through email. And I'll get back to you as soon as I can and just keep it kind, but keep it point blank. Like it's not emotional. It's not this or it's not that it depends. You know, it's not a one size fits all. So I'd have to know more about like the situation specifically because it is, you know, someone is, you know, friends are dragging and pulling on you and expecting a lot from you or, or, you know, there's a topic of conversation that makes you feel uncomfortable. Sometimes you do have to say, I just, I don't feel comfortable talking about this, you know? So it just depends, I guess, on the situation, but I always try yeah. to keep it non-emotional and also just also speak transparently, like from the heart, have an open conversation. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's great advice. Non-emotional yeah. And straight to the point. I like that. And actually, that example you gave was a great one because, you know, I used to try to sponsor people in AA and I would mm-hmm. always get emotionally attached to them and their situation and feel responsible if they failed. I get emotional about it.
2: Yeah. And it's okay because it's just touching on something underneath the surface. You know, it's like when we get upset about something, because I get upset when people would cross my boundaries and it's like, well, it's, you're stepping through a new threshold of you where you're owning yourself differently. Mm-hmm. And also it's just an indication that change is happening when emotion comes up, I always like to say. So at first I would get like, why are they all pulling on me? You know, like sometimes in my groups, cause I lead a lot of big groups. I'm like, ah, but I realized I just need to set a boundary. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. I just need to let them know kindly what it is. No one gets upset about it. They actually don't. They respect you more for it. Then it gives them permission to set boundaries as well. But often it's like, you know, we're blaming other people, but we're the ones allowing it. So I always remind myself like, okay, well, I'm kind of allowing this. So they think it's okay. So I need to just let them know that this is what
1: it is. Yeah. And... I just learned this with my dog. We just got Mandy and I both just got puppies. Oh, and I'm like, yeah, it's the same thing. Where you what just kind said. of dog? If you allow this to happen, then it happens. If <laughs> you put down, you know, that strong boundary, it doesn't happen. And we both got labradoodles. They're adorable. They're absolutely freaking adorable. And she might cry. She did not poop. She's the pickiest pooper ever.
2: I know dogs have their little quirks for sure. But yeah, yeah,
1: you're right. And you know, I want to say that I had found myself also, you know, running into where people like things weren't a priority like they were to me. Like time, you know, like when we have people sometimes not show up and it's like, oh my gosh, like we have, you know, we have such a big schedule. And then when you don't show up, you know, somebody else could have been in here or whatever. I value time a lot. And growing up, my dad was like this. And I will admit that I might be late. But if I tell you I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. And so I used to get really disappointed. And now I'm just like knowing that in advance, you know, there's impermanence and anything can happen. Because that kind of just kind of let me off a little bit in holding people to the same standard that I hold myself to. Yes. Does that make sense? I have a trigger I mean, time a too.
2: Thing. I still do. I'm like, yeah. cause I'm also, I'm from the Midwest originally. And it's like, I grew up like on time is late, but I don't mind <laughs> when people are a few minutes late, but if someone is consistently like before I had a oh. business partner, she would always be like an hour late. I'm like, Nope, you're not respecting my time. I, so I had a thing with that too, of just yeah, co- honoring commitments because I want to respect people's time. Commitment. Yeah. And yeah. because to me, you know, and maybe this is something I got to look up, but I'm like, if you're not showing up, like you're not respecting somebody else's day, their time, their sure. schedule, what they could have been doing otherwise. Yeah. And, and then, if you can't do it, say it in the first place. To me, that's yeah. just shitty leadership. If you're not leading yourself and showing up and committing others, yeah. then to me, that would be like a boundary set too of like, I'm not going to keep having this person reschedule. Like yeah. they have to make make it happen. And I think there's so there's like a balance too of also holding other people accountable in our lives and especially the people that we're like working with or supporting. Like I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're my highest level client. I don't care who you yeah. are. You will you will, will respect each other. It's time. Yeah. You know, and then there's that both sides of it where we can still say, of course we trust. If it didn't happen today, then yeah okay. Like we can also hold both perspectives as well, but still setting boundaries with people because then it, you know, then they'll fall into place around those boundaries or they'll fall out. Right. And that's okay too. And sometimes it will disappoint people, but that's not yours to take on. Right. Tell us about this book. That's exciting. That's productive. (laughs) (laughs) It is productive. It's productive. And I, I, this is, I got it admittedly. Like I've been getting guidance to this book for a long time and I've been putting it off and i um, saying, Oh yeah, I'll start that <laughs> tomorrow. And then it's like two years later.
1: Yep.
2: And, you know, obviously there's things to look at underneath that. Why am I not actually doing this? What am I afraid of? Or what is the story or what is the thing or what is the perfectionism? What is it? The... Yeah. All of those things. Or is it just sitting down and doing the dang thing, you know, mm-hmm. and commit commitment to that. But this book is going to be in a whole transformational journey. So I also train spiritual coaches. And so I teach higher consciousness and how to navigate from the lens of the soul and bring it into this body though, and make it real, you know, uh, we're living life, we're making money, we're doing the dang thing. So it's not so much super heady. It's bringing that into an actual realistic way that you can apply this in your life. And so I want to take some of the things that I teach through there and just the way I navigate life And it's a whole book pretty much of communing and working with your higher self to be guided into your highest life. And how do we do that mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in the physical world? So there's a chapter on all sorts of different lessons and reflections, and there's going to be a workbook with it. So it's going to actually take someone through a transformation, but learn how to commune themselves with their higher selves. Because a lot of times we look outside of ourselves for the answers People go to psychics and intuitives and like, that's fine. That's okay to do that, of course. And also you have an inner guidance system that's stronger than anybody else's for you. So when you learn how to listen to that, you don't really need to rely on somebody else's gift. You can learn how to follow yourself and trust yourself above everyone else. Yeah. It's going to be a whole journey of hiring your higher self essentially to work with you.
0: Oh my God. I love that. Hiring (laughs) Your higher
2: self—that's the um, name of the book—and I haven't really told many people that. So oh, there you go. But by the time this goes out, it probably might be out. So <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing! Oh, I love it. Thanks. Is, yeah, yeah. It'll show to be fun and cheeky too, because I'm a little playful.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you cuss—I love that. I
0: think a lot of people get confused. They want to live up in this soulful state all the time, but it's just not yeah. reality. We have to—we're here on Earth, and you're yes. right. We work yes. with five we have to pay bills mm-hmm. we would all love to live in that space of like meditation but we can't so i think sometimes yeah. they get confused on how to have that balance mm-hmm. and and is intuition something that soulful piece i mean do you believe intuition lives in your soul
2: i believe that it's a part of everything that we are if we learn how to tune into it cuz I mean, it is, it's our soul that's guiding us. Yes. I believe that our, our soul, God, source, whatever people believe in, that's what's guiding us. And, but I also feel like we can bring it into our bodies where our bodies actually start to become antennas for what that voice is too. So we can feel things actually in our physical body for me and how I've always been given. It's guided by our higher self our by source, by this higher version of ourselves
0: Amanda, tell us about you. How did you find your purpose? What did your journey look like? We find that a lot of our guests, unfortunately, had their pain turned into purpose. What kick started your journey and transformation?
2: Yeah. Well, I definitely think that happens for a lot of people is pain into purpose because that's when you get a wake up call. A lot of times is otherwise we're just going through the motions of life. Nothing's really changing. You know, there's a variety of ways that this can happen for people, but you know, we, we are in a human body and we live in a dualistic world where we're here to grow and to learn and to expand. And part of not the only way we can expand is through challenge, but a great way that we expand is through challenge, right? Grow. So for me, I mean, there's a series of things for sure, but I was back in corporate America. I worked at a staffing firm actually, and I was with them for seven years and climbed the ladder and all these things. And about halfway through that experience, I. And I was looking around, I'm like, man, I have it all together at my job and I'm getting all these promotions and all these things. And that's wonderful. And my dating life is kind of a hot mess. I found myself just attracting all these men that were emotionally unavailable to me. And and, uh, I had a moment where I was dating someone and then I saw him out with somebody else. And that was a breaking moment for me. We were kind of on and off. He didn't really owe me anything, but I was like kind of chasing energetically. Not really, you know, like, but yeah, kind of waiting around for him and expecting him and thinking, like, oh, this could be my person, all these things. And he was absolutely fucking not my person. But (laughs) so I had this moment where I was like, never again. I'm never ever going to. This is done. This is, I can't do this anymore. I can't attract these painful experiences anymore. I felt like there was something wrong with me. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why are all my friends in these relationships and like, I can't get anyone to commit to me or whatever. And I feel like I have everything going on for myself. And so I started seeking for answers and it led me down this whole personal development road into all these different spiritual texts and books about angels and all these things I was always fascinated with. And I realized I wasn't seeing myself as worthy. I didn't feel enough. I was looking for love in other things and other people and I didn't know how to give it to myself. I didn't know that I wasn't actually fully loving myself to my core. It's like, Oh yeah, I love myself. But like, but love is like really fucking deep. And when you really love yourself, you don't settle for less than what you want. You do not, you do not chase after a queen does not chase after. Amen. No, we do not chase after things that aren't showing up. Hell no. We don't, I must've felt so free. It was the beginning of it. I will say it was hard truth to face, right. And emotions coming up and all those things. But that was my catalyst. I'm like, okay. So once I did have a really huge breakthrough with that, and then of course had to take a look at all my relationships with men, even in my family and see where I was outsourcing my love or looking for it outside of me or feeling like I wasn't getting it in the way that I wanted it to receive it. So had to go on a journey of giving myself all the love and dating myself first, really falling in love, finding a way to unconditionally love myself. And that's like the deepest parts of you, not just the buy yourself flowers and like wear sexy underwear to bed. It's like, yes, do those things for sure. But can you tell yourself that you are enough? Even if no one's choosing you, can you choose yourself? Can you choose yourself first? And so that's, a continuous journey of choosing yourself Mm -hmm. over and over and over again, but it's how I've gone from literally lacking self-confidence and I'm teaching it is what has been that. So yeah, that was one of my biggest breakthroughs. Then I started a blog and no one really knew about it. I hid it from people I was dating and all the things like I had no one in my life that was into this. So it was kind of just me and mentors I would find and things. I started a blog, and then people started asking how they could work with me, and then that's how my coaching business started. Wow! First
0: of all, the way you described self love is—it was so beautiful. You know that really fucking deep love, that love that every ounce of you, Shanna uses that word all the time, freeing. Because once you've got it, it does feel like you're just so free from the world and and expectations and others, and and you just you feel so strong and stable, but it is a challenge. Like for me, it's a daily thing. Yeah. It's literally a daily sometimes. Yeah. It's sometimes it's a every minute thing. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's always going to be that way. And I know that at the same time, once you grasp it, there's no going back.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Cause nothing feels better than it. And, you know, when you put that responsibility on other people, we give our power away. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. And I mean, little triggers will come up where you don't feel enough. Yeah. Right? Self-doubt comes up and then it's an opportunity to continue strengthening the relationship, but continue really to awaken to that higher you and heal the little things.
1: Do you think that that once you're aware of that, like the awareness never goes away though, even right. if it comes up, it's still, you know, at least you're aware of it. Cause I always tell people that too, cause they're like, Oh, you know, just you know, I thought I did so much work, and then you know, I can hear that voice, and I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of work. You can actually hear that voice. Just imagine, <laughs> yeah, how many years you went yes. not hearing that, not voice hearing just it. Yes, that it's huge.
2: Yes, because we all have that inner part of ourselves, the inner child, wounded part of ourselves that will show itself. So it's not about getting, yeah. trying to get rid of it fully. If you do, you're going to have a lot of fucking resistance every day. You yeah. might as well just accept that part of yourself. Cause that's when you free it anyways.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nurture it. My journey started much like what you just said. I even started a blog and was praying to God. No one would ever read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've come a long way with that, but you know, it was, it started with self-love because it's something that wasn't taught to me, you know, it was like give, 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 you know, definitely had codependent relationships with everyone. Always go back and forth. Was it the self-love or was it the awareness? I I mean, it has to be the awareness of the fact that you don't have the self-love. So, you know, being like two of the most important, I think, and most vital parts of everyone's health and wellness and journey.
2: Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So you teach self-love awareness.
0: You you teach them how to tap into their intuition and trust Mm -hmm. themselves. That was the hugest thing for me was learning to trust myself because I had been in so many abusive relationships with men and made so many decisions that weren't great that I didn't know if it was my intuition or my mind messing, you know, And it was really hard because sometimes the person that we can manipulate the most is ourselves. Yes. 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 We can brainwash ourselves. So I still struggle with self-trust. Like the amount of anxiety I had over the last two days before I was supposed to go um, do a small team building event for this corporation. I was like, why am I having so much anxiety about it? And when I really stripped it down, it was because i felt like do i trust this do i trust me am i worthy of being the person that goes and sits with these four like ceos and teach them about how to bring soulfulness and authenticity and vulnerability into their their workspace and it really truly came down to not knowing if i should trust myself in the process of what i put together and i was like "Oh, well, well that sucks because like shanna said i've done a lot of work on myself yeah but then i sat back and realized no this is just a space for me to wrap my arms around myself again give myself a hug and i just went full force and it was wonderful Yay. and then i was like yeah. angry at myself that i spent two days
1: having so much <laughs> damn anxiety <laughs> especially because it was so fun for you last time too Every time you need to have more confidence in yourself. I a hundred percent believe you'd be wonderful at that. But it's true. It's just like that fear, you know, that I won't be good enough. You know, you have these expectations of yourself. And well, Mandy, she's the one who always tells me expectations lead to resentment and
2: yes, (laughs) it's so good. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just a party that was up leveling too into Mm -hmm. serving even more of those people and just little parts of you that didn't feel enough for that or ready for that just come out. And I think it's normal to have yeah. those fears come up and now you can remind yourself next time. Be like, no, I fucking crush that. I crush that. Yeah. They need me. I don't need them. Yeah. They, need-
0: <laughs> they need me. Yes. What would you tell like one of your clients? How do you know if it's your soul, your intuition talking or your ego?
2: Yeah. Well, for me, like the soul comes in very empowering. It comes in loving and soft Even if it's like humbling yourself, it's still a knowing. And for me, when it's fear, a lot of times when you really take a step back and you do know if you let yourself know at the end of the day, if something's not honoring for you or if something doesn't feel right. And so I try to first get out of the head and and tune into my body. How does it feel actually? And depending on the scenario, does it have a relationship? Is this actually feel respectful and honoring to me? Is this because I don't believe that I ever have to say yes to something that doesn't feel good to me? And does this feel right to me? And usually if we really get honest with ourselves, we'll know the answer. A lot of times we're afraid to follow our intuition because it means we don't get exactly what our mind or our ego wants to have, right? We want to change the person into who we want them to be or, right? Or we want to make excuses for people or whatever. At the end of the day, like we can't mess anything up that's for us. It's impossible to, it's impossible to. For me, it's like getting really humble and following your inner knowing versus what you want to twist someone in a pretzel to become. Right. And then also too regarding business stuff and regarding, it's like, sometimes we're afraid to say no to things out of scarcity. Right. But if it's not sparking joy, if it's not lighting a fire, like to me, the intuition is leading me to a place that sparks joy. So if I'm hiring a person and I have a weird murky feeling in my body about the person, then they're not getting hired. Like it has to be a full fuck. Yes. So I also give myself permission to give me those feelings. I give my higher self permission. Hey, if it's a yes, swing the door open, make it loud, make it bright, make it unmistakable. If this person's for me in dating as well. And if it's not close the door, close the door. I'm willing to take it from me, do it for me. Give me a pit in my stomach, make it loud if it's a no. So I also give my intuition instructions to speak to me very loudly. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm willing to be humble and let go of something. If it's not for me,
1: what happens if you decide to go ahead and go against that? Well, then you just learn a lesson (laughs) in the long run. You learn and a you lesson feel like, you know, if it's not meant to be, it actually, in the even in the long run, it won't be. So you've just I been going that. against the brain kind of thing. Yeah. And
2: it won't feel good. And you'll know, you'll get yeah. red flags. It won't feel honoring. Something Ugh, will feel it authentic. Right. It won't be authentic. Yeah. All your shit's going to come up, but not in a healthy way. Cause you know, when yeah. something's for you, you know, and it's not something you have to doubt again. And again, I see a lot of people. Friends included, where they're like continuously doubting. Oh, I don't know about this person. I don't know about this person. I'm like, all right, don't come to me anymore because you already know what the answer is. I'm like, okay, you already know. So either you stay in it and you have an experience for now, or you just leave. Right? For me, it's just clear and clean at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and right. so, like, I'm house hunting right now as well. So oh. yeah. I'm I'm looking for to move into a new place here, and. I've walked into a few that were nice, but they were not when I, they weren't a yes. They would have worked One was like beautiful ocean view place, but it wasn't more expansive than the house I live in now. And I'm like, Nope. And it just didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. It wasn't everything. And so on paper, it could have worked and other people might have maybe said yes to it, but I'm like, I don't do that. When I walk in, I want bells to ring in my energy. Like I want the yes. Like when I walked in this home, it was a yes. I knew right away, even though like I knew right away. I knew when I was walking in the door, it was already a yes. Like I could feel it, you know. So we have to get bold and trust ourselves, and also not lean into scarcity with it. Because sometimes the mind is like, "Well, what if nothing better comes along?" So then you settle, and I'm not about that life. Even if it's 20 minutes before I need the thing, I'm still not settling.
0: I I love that. Yeah. I love you said it has to be a full fuck yes.
2: Yeah. People might
0: get frustrated with like, they might be like, "Where are you kidding? Like, come on, be grateful. This place is almost perfect. You, and you're like, no, I'm yeah. not. Something. Like this isn't the one I know it. Mm-hmm.
2: Is there a place for fear? Like what if there was no fear? Again, we're in these bodies, not to just float on a cloud and just be happy all the time. And fear is a threshold. Fear is a threshold into a next level version of ourselves. It's how we grow. When we step through fear, we're stepping through a comfort zone. We're Mm -hmm. stepping through an old pattern. And I feel like that's kind of the game of life almost, right? Is like when we stretch and we expand, there's something that we usually have to move past. Like our old comfort zone has to stretch and expand. And that's not always comfortable. And then also too, fear can be getting our attention sometimes, If that works for us and that's how we're wired, sometimes fear can get our attention in a variety of different ways. Like you can get a bad feeling about somebody. We need to have that come up for us. We can get a bad intuitive hit about something and it's like, oh, don't do that. And you know, not to do that, you know, not to step into that experience. And then also, yeah, like all parts of ourselves are welcome on the journey as well. And all parts of us are, and including fear, helping us in some way. And it should be
1: temporary, right? Like any emotion. Exactly.
2: I think one of the hardest things as a
0: parent or as an aunt or as someone that just loves someone deeply is when you have intuition about someone else and they aren't willing to like listen, or they just think that you're being like my daughter always says that I I always think the worst (laughs) you like the mom, you always think the worst thing's going to happen. You know, like there's this one specific road. I know this sounds so nuts, but there's this one specific road by us that just terrifies me. So I have this intuition that something very horrible could happen on this road. So I just ask my family not to drive down this road. Yeah. And they think I'm absolutely nuts.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I don't think you're nuts. And I just got chills. And then also if you do drive down the road, just like pray, (laughs) just pray, you're going to be safe and protected, but maybe, you know, there's a reason why that fear is coming up for you on that road. You never know. Maybe like a boulder is going to come down or something, or I don't know what the road's like, but trust that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And then you don't know
0: if it's yours to give away. Like, this is my intuition about you. Is it my place at all to tell you what I'm feeling about you? Like, is that even my place?
2: You know what I mean? yeah, sometimes it's not, yeah. you know, unless it's invited. Exactly. You know, I always say like, uh, I don't coach somebody unless it's invited. Mm. Or I know that they're open to feedback or they're open to things. Otherwise, we can't, I can't. Mm-hmm. you know. So what does life
0: look like for you today with not settling? Like, tell us like, what does your soul feel? Like how does it feel today versus how it felt back when you weren't loving yourself?
2: Yeah. Free. Yeah. Free. And it doesn't mean it's perfect in every moment. Of course, I'm growing, unraveling, getting prepared for my next part of my mission and things like that as well, but Mm -hmm. free because it's like letting go of needing. I remind myself of this, of course, needing anyone else to show up for me and not, not holding out on the things that I truly desire because I need someone in my space or I need something to fill a void for Mm. me. Some days are harder than others with that, you know? And I've been shown visions of my man, my partner. And I mean, there's many, there's multiple partners that we can have. And so that's, it's actually shifted a couple of times, (laughs) which is interesting. And, but it's like, when I date someone, it just doesn't necessarily go very far when Mm. it's not my person. Because I know it upfront because I'm psychic and intuitive too. And I could see people's energy and I'm like, it's not going to be a fit. You know, it's not going to be a match or it's not going to, he's not, it's not, I'm not, I don't feel inspired by this. Like I have to feel inspired in a relationship. I have to feel inspired in my friendships, have to feel inspired in my life. Otherwise, if I don't feel met, then I'm not feeling inspired, you know, at least moving forward, the kind of people that I attract in, you know, it's like we inspire each other by how Mm. we live and show up and what we're creating in in the world. So for me, I'm not willing to settle on that. Like I know when I meet my man, it's gonna feel inspiring equally on both ends and feel like a yes and feel easy and feel sacred and divine. And there's just gonna be a different level of that. And I believe like the more we work on ourselves to step into that freedom, then we call forth that level of love and relationship. So I also know there's a part of my soul that hasn't let me meet that person yet, yeah, maybe up until soon or whatever, because there's growth that had to happen on my end. Otherwise I could grow past a partner in a relationship. I need someone who's willing to continue growing with me and has the same sights that they set on and the same qualities and morals and integrity and alliance with you. Yeah. Yeah. Alliance. Yeah. with yep. you.
0: I feel like you really broke down like how buddha says you know the root of all suffering is attachment uh, the way you you just said it is you don't need anyone to show up for you like you're not attached to anyone you're attached to yourself yeah and gosh you know i was also just sitting there thinking why why especially as young girls did we not learn this it's so important i've been sitting with my daughter all week you know helping her study for finals and i'm like none of this shit is even nearly as important as self-love in a class that you need to learn about that.
2: Yes. I so agree. I was leading an event actually for girls who lost their mothers this past Sunday. I was invited to speak and like all this stuff needs to be taught. Like when I walked, I asked, I'm like, who knows what intuition is? No one raised their hand. No one knew no one raised their hand. And um by the end of the session, they were connecting to their mothers and getting messages from them in spirit and their meditations and like breakthroughs are happening and things. It was really beautiful. beautiful. And I taught them about self-love and following your dreams and never letting anyone tell you that your dreams are too big or what you want can't happen. Like Mm -hmm. you know, and we're not we aren't taught that as children. Mm -hmm. We're taught you gotta go to school, get good grades this is the kind of job that pays well. At least that's what I was told <laughs> Enough to say no to that, but
1: yeah, this is the rise of the divine is. you know, yes, our mothers didn't and their mothers didn't. And for sure the mothers before didn't. And so that's what this is. This is the rise of the divine feminine. And so we get to teach our children this and they get to teach their children that. That's Absolutely. Fine. Yeah. I love it. And it's
2: important. Yeah. And Your children are lucky to have you
0: and our boys too, to teach our boys that feminine to how to their feminine energy. You know, I was this group that I, yesterday that I hosted, there was a man who broke down and started talking about how difficult of a, of a choice and a decision and the weight that he felt on his shoulders as having a wife at home with a brand new baby and choosing that she wasn't going to go back to work. He's like, that is so heavy on me. Like, I am so terrified. Like, I am responsible for her and the baby. He was like, it's just so much to carry. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh. And it was very refreshing for a man to share that because yeah, our you know throughout time men that's just what they were taught to do. You you go to work. They stay home and take care of the baby, but you rarely hear them expressing how stressful that is on them. Yeah. Yeah. And he really got to tap into his feelings and he got a tad emotional and it was very refreshing.
1: Yeah. I love that. Me Mm -hmm. too. He must not be from the South. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's from California. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 That was something (laughs) I
1: went through though, you know, just. That role has changed. You know, there's men staying home now, you know, and, and women working. Amanda,
0: do you find that it's harder for men to tap into their intuition than women? And do you find that more women come to you wanting to than men?
2: No. Men lately, especially more than ever. Yeah. On podcasts have been asking me about intuition. And men, I meet even two around town. I was having dinner with or dessert with one of my girlfriends at just sitting up at a, a bar at a really nice restaurant, like about a month ago. And there's a guy that was sitting next to me and he was asking me how to follow his intuition.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the next
2: time I saw him in town, I was like, gave him another tip. Cause I was like, I thought of him later. And I'm like, I got to tell him this, you know, yeah. like easy ways to follow your intuition yeah. and tips and tools on that. Men are awakening now to that. So I feel like there's a fascination at mm-hmm. least with what that could mean. And there's like doors opening for men in the past. I don't think that they were quite as wanting to learn about that until very recent. But yes, I mean, women are tapped more into their intuition in different ways. You know, I feel like women are drawn to that because that is more of a feminine energy, is the intuitive world. and the feelings and all of those and the visions and all those things is more traditionally, felt in the feminine, but the masculine, they're already intuitive. They just don't know that they are, you know, it comes in more as like a cognitive knowing, right. But when he's holding his flame at a certain level, it comes in in a, in a different vibration, if that makes sense as well. Yeah. There's different ways, you know, that I think men are intuitive as well and they don't know it. And I love supporting men. It's actually so fun for me because they take what I teach and they literally run with it. And mm-hmm. And because they're newer to some of these concepts, like you crack the door a little bit and like so much happens for them Mm -hmm. when they start to soften, everything starts to change. And that's really, really cool, but they get freaked out sometimes, or at least some of the ones for me, I don't want to generalize, but some of my traditionally very masculine men that I work with. And be like, oh my god, I'm seeing 11, 11. It's freaking me out. Like they actually are. Like it's it's really cute. Like one guy in particular, he's like, it's freaking me out, Amanda. All these things ever since I've been around you. He's like, a white feather appeared on my car seat the other day. What does that mean? Like all these things. <laughs> oh, wow. Like I'm seeing these visions and like, you know, when we're in each other's presence, like things just happen. Mm-hmm. And all these crazy opportunities have come to him. Like all of these really crazy opportunities. Like he's the Bigwig in the finance world. And he got like all these people wanting to invest in his new thing that he was doing. And he's like, how did I get these people? And it's, it's honestly really cool. I'm here for it.
0: (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I love it. My son called me one time and he was, was, I'm freaking out, mom. It's like, (laughs) I exactly like that. It's cute seeing this one bird over and over and over and over again, sitting on this fence and yeah. But I <laughs> I was just happy that he had that awareness. Cause then I also knew that he was being very present in his life. Yeah. How old is your son? 22.
1: Cool. Yeah. You know, my son who's 25 for Easter, I gave him that book, The Four Agreements. Nice. Yeah. He read that book, then his dad read that book. Then they took and got his friend Carson that book and then his friend Brandon read that book and then they all start talking about it. Now they're on the mm. second book and I'm nice. just like, and they're, you should hear them. It just like expanded them, give them a different, you know, but it's of course, book. you know, when you hear it from mom, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just like anything else, you know, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> but I just, you know, it's an easy book. It's a quick book. I find it to be so amazing how it's spreading throughout his family and his friends, but you're right. And that is also getting in touch with your feminine side. I mean, they may not want to see it that way, but going inward, connecting to your emotions and making that space. For me, it's a feminine kind of thing in in a positive way and a beautiful way, getting in touch with your emotions and that soul connection.
2: Yes, I love that so much that he read that book and his friends. It's a good one. It's a good place to start too for people that are newer to personal development and stuff. It It just makes sense. So. Yeah, I told him, I
1: said, okay, well, the next book might be a little bit harder. Uh, I was going to throw Adam that power up now.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amanda, you know, the word psychic really freaks a lot of people out, especially religious yeah. people. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a group of kids that come to my house a lot and ask me to like sit with them and, and you know, any sort mm-hmm. of downloads or I- intuitive thoughts I have, share <laughs> Um, and I like to use cards. I yet like to use a pendulum. I use all kinds of fun stuff. Sometimes I just use pen and paper. Sometimes I use nothing. Well, there's one particular father came up to me um, recently when we were doing uh, prom pictures. And he was like, my son has better not have ever done that at your house. And he was very concerned with the word Psychic because mm. they think that's witchy uh, you just said you're psychic and intuitive are they one of the same or what do you think about yeah. about that and a lot of people come to us and the reason they want to be intuitive is because they want to immediately be able to talk to people that have passed that's mm. oh, their oh, yeah. fire under More of their a medium
2: yeah mm. yeah so I usually don't use the word psychic too much sometimes I do it like playfully But I usually use more of the word intuitive. I actually don't believe that people can predict your future for you. You're the one creating it. And when you make a shift in your inner world, then you change the timeline for your life. And no one can actually predict the outcome of your life. You are the creator of that. And so I try to help people become their own greatest intuitive. Now, I get intuition and visions for my clients all the time. You know, I'm working for an artist and I'm like, I'm being shown this, I'm being shown you should write music on this, or I'm being shown that if you do this, then this will happen or whatever. I'm being shown this as a possibility. And now you feel into that and see how that feels for you. And sometimes they're like, oh my God, I've gotten ideas about that before. And it's a confirmation or we feel into it and they're like, wow, that's amazing. Let's play with that. I get visions for people of how to help them move through fears and how to step past maybe thresholds in their life and to expand into something greater. I'm like, I'm being shown you on a stage. Have you thought of speaking before? You know, I get things like that for people all the time, but it's not like on August 1st, this is going to happen to you or anything fearful or scary. For me, it's always empowering and uplifting. And I usually try to, even if I'm getting shown something for someone, I try to call them into their own understanding and their own knowing first. Like, for example, I can see people and I'm like, "This, she's not with her, like Kai's partner, but I'm not allowed to tell people like, that's not going to, that you're not being encouraged to stay in that relationship. Like I usually do not tell people that because that can one be very damaging, but two, they have to figure that out on their own. So a lot of times I will call them into their own understanding and call them back to having their higher self, give them guidance on what to do. And then I'm just getting humble enough to really tune in and decide that for themselves. Very rarely will I be like, unless a friend, I get premonitions all the time where one of my best friends just broke off an engagement. I'm like, thank freaking Lord. Cause I was getting nightmares about her with this person, but it didn't feel right to share at a certain point. But after a certain point I did, cause she's a good friend of mine and she gave me permission to share. And I asked, usually I'm like, can I share something I've gotten? Like, I'm like, this person is not a good person. And she's like the biggest beam of light in the world. And so, and it did unravel and it was accurate. And she knew in her heart of hearts, what that answer was anyways, you know, but she had to learn her lesson from that. So I think psychic, to be honest with you, it's been painted in such a negative light too, in movies and in things like that, where it's like something scary, like we're all psychic, we're all intuitive. We
1: are all, and they've programmed us to believe that's weird we were burned at the stake and killed for over 200 years for having intuition. I mean, this is a condition passed down generational. These are the things that you should be trusting. It is not witchy.
2: I agree with that. I mean, there are some people that have darker intentions and darker energy that are doing this work, I will say. So it's always just about tuning in right to ourselves and when we are going to an intuitive or when we are tuning into this ourselves, just making sure that the intention is pure and clean is also very important, but that could be a whole nother topic of conversation. But you know, being able to tune in to your, yeah, your gut is your guiding light, it's your guiding force. We're always getting intuitive hits, even if you don't think that you are, you are every day. Yeah. And if you want to call it your gut, great. People call it that. That's the, language. It's the yeah. same damn thing.
0: Yeah. Amanda, what kind so. of speaking events do you do? I think it's absolutely fascinating that you were hired to do one for Mother's <laughs> Day for people. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. That is so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. Um, There's a charity fundraiser. It's called Empowering Her and they support mother loss and now they're moving into father loss as well. And uh, I've had chills with that, and so yeah, I went to the there was a fundraising event on Saturday in Santa Monica, and then there was a retreat they lead for the women, and they lead them all over the world. Um, So I also Mm -hmm. created some digital content that they used at a virtual retreat, and then did one in person for the girls. And I'm going to continue to stay involved with this group because I am very passionate about it. And I also think sometimes in life, when people are going through loss and grief, there's a different level of connection that they have to other people and to their, to compassion for the world. I really yeah. feel like those girls are angels mm-hmm. that have all just come together. Um, Cause I was shown that, that vision. And so, yeah, so helping that wasn't actually a part of, I mean, I always knew I wanted to give back to young girls and help and the opportunity just, just came to me to serve mm-hmm. them and so it was an immediate yes for me and then other otherwise yeah i've i've spoken on different entrepreneurial stages since in the past i've focused mainly a lot of my guidance and a lot of the work that i teach and share around empowerment in entrepreneurship and business and confidence in business and money manifestation and creation and wealth in business and being the best leader that we possibly can be so i've yeah been on different entrepreneurial stages and that's been a part of what I've done up to this date too.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So you're probably seeing that same shift then that most of our guests come on and talk about and that we see Yeah. part of me wonders if it was COVID. I told this group yesterday, you know, it gave us all a little bit of an insight into more personal space. Like we can see if we didn't have this filter behind us that we're in a house that, you know, might hear a dog bark. You might have a husband walk in, you might have the Amazon guy. Yeah. So it made us all realize we're not just robots. We're humans in a house yeah. families, yeah. but I, I think it's bigger than that even. But are you seeing that shift as well? Where more authenticity, vulnerability, intuition, and soul is coming into the workspace.
2: Yeah. Cause people have been forced to take a look at uncomfortable situations Mm -hmm. And they've been forced to get creative. They've been forced to face certain things and fears and different things and different discomforts inside of themselves. We've been forced to take a look under the hood of our lives and Mm -hmm. have had time to reflect, have been forced to have time to reflect and opportunities to have compassion and learn and step out of judgment with people in the world and all these things that we've had opportunities to look at over the last few years. So I know that I believe that this was a part of it all along, and it was meant to be a part of how we grow. Because again, sometimes we need a wake up call in order to shake us awake. Sometimes otherwise we're, we get too comfortable in, in our day-to-day, we get too comfortable in our schedules. We get too comfortable in our patterns. And it was a pattern disruptor for a lot of people.
1: I'm grateful we got to do this. I mean, our podcast totally shifted into a different direction. We get to, you know, interview and see amazing people like you. I always feel like we're in this space. Like this is like the sense of soul, like room or house. <laughs> or something. It's an entity. I love it. And yeah. that you're like here with us, you know, yeah. but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It's been really nice to get to know you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Such a
2: fun conversation. The two of you are so spunky. I love your energy.
1: (laughs) You know what I was
0: thinking too, is I feel like our listeners are going to absolutely reach out. And I think that you would be a great person to work with for them. So thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Thank you for
0: having me on. can't wait for this book. Um, Again, love the (laughs) title. Where can our listeners find you?
2: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at the Amanda Merritt. Same with TikTok. I share a lot of guidance and different tips on those places. And then my website is amandamerit.com. Awesome. It's interesting. This isn't what I would have thought, but they're showing me the word money. Um, so this is like a left field thing, but for some of you listening, I just keep getting the guidance, either raise your rates, either claim more for yourself or get unapologetic with the kind of lifestyle you really want to have. There's, a lot that's shifting with our money system as well. Things that are shifting in our world and will be shifting in our world and just stay in this place of abundance because there's so much available to all of us, each and every one of us in every moment things can change. Um, so I just keep, yeah, I, I can, I keep seeing it money. <laughs> so oh, good. So Send it over. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so expand your mindset and ability and availability to to receive. Don't settle. Don't settle for the lower paying job. Maybe you're about to do that. Listening to this. Don't settle. Don't stop discounting your shit. It's like, stop discounting your rates. Stop discounting yourself. There are people out there because I'm one of them where people will pay you high ticket if you call yourself up there and they want to they see you as valuable. They know what the outcome is of them working with you. Like one small tweak I can make. And it's just the type of client you serve. That's it. Go for the gold.
0: Awesome. Well, you're adorable. Your energy is soft and beautiful. thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Mandy. Thank you, Shanna. I
2: appreciate your time.